All right, welcome to According to John, and today we are going to be talking about, is the Bible true? How can we be sure? How do we know? Good question. That is what we're going to cover today. The Duke Meister with me again. I'm telling you, brother, I'm just letting you know that that, that when you start your own, um, you're not allowed. You just got to kind of hang out with me some more. <laughs> <laughs> We'll do the versa visa thing, man. There, there, you, there you go. We'll trade off. It'll be beautiful. All right. So, uh, so we're going to be talking about is the Bible true? Is the Bible real? How do we know this? How can we trust it? And I think we're going to cover some pretty cool things. And you got a great, uh, a a great way of looking at it. I'm I'm digging it. So, so we're going to uh, uh, let you have it here in just a second. But first, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to bless this hour, sir. Would you please pray for us? Yes, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that uh, these next minutes will be uh, helpful for people who tune in and uh, get answers to their questions and just get locked in on uh, the fact that God has spoken to man and be assured. And when you make promises to us, Lord, that they are real, anoint us, let our words uh, bring you honor and glory and edification to those that that, that, that tune in and, and believe. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so... <clears throat> Uh, is the is the Bible real? One one of the things, as as I read through the Word of God, and I, and I see, I'm like, you know, um, I I'll give you one thing, and and I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you run with it from here. But probably one of the biggest things for me that when I when I read the Bible and I look at it and I go, okay, is the Bible real? There, there's one there's one point in the Scriptures that man just figured out recently. And, and for some reason, we're arguing about it again. Uh, is is the earth round? Is is it round? And and so if we go, hey, well, you know what? How can we prove it's round? Well, well, forget the idea. We got pictures now. We got satellites. Christopher Columbus uh, read the scriptures. He thought it was round, and a lot of people are trying to talk him out of that voyage. Right? Yeah. And and no, you're going to fall off the end. You're going to fall off the end. Uh, I was watching a video the other day of this kid that uh, he he does a YouTube video. He does this YouTube video and he goes, I can prove the earth is flat. Yeah. And then he takes this, he takes this plate and he pours water on it and he goes, see, it holds water. And then he takes an egg and holds it up and pours water on it. And he goes, see, it doesn't hold water. And that was, <laughs> and he might've spoke some of the same stuff, uh, some of us else smoked back in the day. Yeah, so. he, he, he might have been on a little bit of a trip and never made it home. So when, when we look at, at, at the earth, uh, Job 26.10 uh, talks about that the earth is a, or, or Isaiah 42.20 says um, uh, that God sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. And so, so this, and, and by the way, how old, are, how old is Isaiah's writing if you go back? Uh, 600 years BC, right? BC before Christ, 2,600 years. So he's 2,600. So, uh, give or take, uh, uh, 50 years, right? So 2,600 years ago, it was written in the scriptures that the Bible is a circle that is round. It's a sphere. And then we find in uh, uh, Job twenty six ten it says uh, that he has inscribed he being God has inscribed a circle on the surface of the waters of the boundary of light and darkness. Amen. I remember in my journey uh, being taught in the public school system uh, the evolutionary model, and uh, they would literally mock. The Christian people in our class, I kind of joined with them to be. <laughs> yeah, a, a you were mocker. a mocker. <laughs> yeah, but it was interesting. I I was fascinated that they they believed something different, and they they uh, they contended. They stood up, and I, I was thinking the way I viewed it was, well, we have the facts, and they have the faith. Right. I kind of admired their faith. That's right, right, that's pretty right. cool. But I thought it was faith in the face of the facts. Right. But then I began to do a little research, and I found out that maybe they did have some facts that the public education will certainly keep from us, and the mainstream media would certainly keep from us. And uh, part of my journey was to just kind of like, well, well, why do you believe that? So just, right. I know what I believe and tune everything out. I, I want to know 
why other people believe things and have respect for people and, and listen. You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth. I think yeah. there's a little lesson in there for us. And so I approached uh, the Bible back in, in the early part of my journey uh, as a rationalist. You know, I figured uh, if it's divine, if it's from God, it has no fear of rational inquiry. So when I looked at the Bible uh, in the earliest days, for me, I looked at it critically right. uh, to uh, I looked at it uh, historically. If, if God wrote this thing, uh, it, it's, it's got to kind of, it's got to fit. It's got to fit with the facts. It's got to fit with science. It, it's, it's different from Aesop's fables. It's different from uh, uh, Greek mythology. Well, and, and, and you talk about Greek mythology. One of the things that I find incredibly interesting is when we look at all the planets, we look at uh, everything that was created, uh, God named the, God's, God identified the stars and the sun and the moon, and nobody denies that. We call it star, sun, moon. And God named the earth, earth. And man named every other planet planet after a god. <laughs> Did, have I you ever thought of that? Have you ever noticed that? I never thought of I, that. Yeah. So, so God says earth is called earth, and we never defied that. We call earth, earth. We know earth is earth. And then we got Venus and Jupiter and all this. And so, so man named everything else after little g gods god is the only one that yeah. named earth from the greek mythology yeah it's all from the greek mythology Gee, i came here to teach johnny i'm learning amen right That's it, okay this goes both old dogs old dogs can learn a few new things you know? uh, every now and then so so here's here's uh um one of the things that that i know you have a real good handle on and that is uh the flood and, uh, and, and I want to talk about, uh, because I, the flood is huge. If you, if you can, uh, when I look at the grand Canyon, so last year, uh, my wife and I, we, we took the motorcycle and we circled the United States. Uh, we did 10,000 miles in 22 days on the motorcycle. And it was, it was a phenomenal trip. I mean, yeah, we were in the saddle most of the time. We were doing about on average 500 miles a day. And, um, and, well, we did a few more miles on some days because we spent some extra time in uh, camping and extra in the, in the parks. But uh, when you go through, and we did Grand Canyon, Bryce Canyon, uh, Yellowstone. We did. I mean, when you when you look at uh, start looking at all these different canyons, and you go layers of rock laid down by water all over the earth, everywhere. It the flood is the only thing that explains all these canyons. Yeah. How, how about, have you been to, uh, have you been to the uh, uh, Grand Canyon of the East? Yes, I have. It's right here in New York. Um, Osable Chasm? No, 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 no. Oh, that's, isn't that beautiful? Osable Chasm? Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, this is actually out by Buffalo and Rochester. And, um, and, and the name of it just left me. I draw a lot of blanks. Okay, so, so, so you have Buffalo, or, or you have Rochester, you have Buffalo, and if you just go right down, literally in a triangle, 20 minutes south of both of those, you'll go right into it. It's the Grand Canyon of the East, and I will think of it when Yeah, and I'll when go there someday late. when you figure it out where it's at. Well, I, I went there, and it is it's amazing. It's um, literally Grand Canyon, dude. What you see? Layers of rock layers. laid down by water. That's exactly what full of dead things called fossils. <laughs> yeah, and the Bible says that it it is there, right? Well, let me take us Letchworth. back. Letchworth, Letchworth, State Letchworth State Park. There we State, go. Yeah, Letchworth yes. State Park is called Grand Canyon of the East. Uh, that, if you're in New York, you got to go see it. It's absolutely yeah, stunning. There, there's some beautiful things in New York. Yeah, so and some not so beautiful. Yeah, but we're not but going it, there today. We're not going there. So, so let's. Let's get on with Genesis and the flood because, dude, I love that. Well, there's a few things that's, that led up to the flood, and we could look at it as a sociological thing and, and sin, but we're going to look at it in a scientific way uh, today. I have my Bible open to Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 6, and this one verse could, could have a whole scientific volume written with the science, the geology, the hydrology in this one verse. Genesis chapter 1, verse 6 says, uh, And God said, Let there be a, an, a, an expanse or a firmament in the King James Version and in the midst of the waters, and let it uh, separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters which were 
under the firmament from the waters which were above, above the firmament. That is huge. Taking it literally, a literal interpretation of Scripture, uh, you have a globe and you have water below. That's easy for us to relate to. Uh, rivers, uh, I just crossed the Hudson River to come over for our time together today. Uh, the rivers, the lakes, uh, the oceans, of course. Waters below, but subterranean water, uh, which is lots of subterranean water. And then we have uh, that little phrase, waters above the firmament. Right. And, well, what would that be? Well, it would be like, you know, clouds. But this is talking on a global sense, not, you know, like a, a weather front coming through. And if you just take that literally, water above, water below. Well, if you go up to uh, airplanes fly thirty to 50,000 feet, uh, it's a constant cold temperature up there, uh, even at the equator. And so any water vapor above, you know, X amount of 1,000 feet freezes. And so this is what's called in the, the Christian science uh, community uh, the uh, uh, canopy theory. The right. waters above create right. uh, a, a canopy that envelops the earth, which causes the earth to, uh, in a meteorological sense, to be a closed system. And we would see that in a little uh, um, illustration as a Terrarium. terrarium. Yeah. I, I, it's not, not a geranium. I call them geranium. <laughs> terrarium. Yeah, as, as, as soon as I go, it's, it's terrarium. Terrarium. Right? terrarium. Yeah. And uh, and for some reason, my brain, every time I talk about it, I call it a geranium, and I go, that's a flower. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but I had I had a guy preach for me yesterday, or last night, to do our, our, our uh, Lord's Supper, and he gets up, and he goes, yeah, you know, uh, we don't want to be, we don't want to be the proverbial flamingo <laughs> what was he trying to say I said, oh i like that i go ostrich <laughs> and he goes yeah ostrich yeah, yeah. i'm like dude where do you get pink flamingos at it's, okay terrarium <laughs> it's terrarium not geranium right. I, my son came back fifth grade science project had to create a water oh self-watering system for plants and uh, had to figure that out and the Kids would get a little flower pot, and then they would uh, put the plants in it, and they'd get a bottle of water with a drip system. And it would self-water, but after, you know, depending on the size of the bottle and the speed of the drip, it would run out, you know, after a day, a week, a month, a year. And so we went down to um, uh, Walmart and got a three-gallon sweet tea thing that Southerners would say amen to. Amen. And we put the soil, uh, potting soil on the bottom, planted our plants, watered it one time, Put on the top, created a meteorologically closed system, a terrarium. Uh, <laughs> terrarium. <laughs> Stop it, John. You're, you're messing me up, dude. And um, the worst part is we thought we had it settled. <laughs> we killed too many brain cells back in the day. So anyway, we'll work with, we're not playing with a full deck, but we'll we're still to, having fun. We'll have, to, we'll have to figure out what causes that and not yeah. do it again. <laughs> so we had a, we had a terrar terrarium, <laughs> and it, it was a self-watering system. Now, so we had that verse in the Bible, Genesis 1, 6, creating a, uh, a giant terrarium. If you're yeah. an eternal, omnipotent God, it's no big deal. I can make a three-gallon one. He can make a planet one. Yeah, it's no big deal. And I that's mean, what he, he, made, well, he, ma he made the the planets. He can definitely make it on top of a planet. And so that's what he said. That's how he created it. Now... We look out now, we don't see that same system, but we have to read a few more verses into in, into Genesis, and we find another verse, uh, just the next page, the next chapter, Genesis chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, it says, the, it never rained upon never, the earth. Yeah. And scientists would look at that and say, you guys are crazy. How could the world it never rain? You couldn't have any plants. It'd be a giant desert. Wait, 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 wait. Let's just listen to what the word of God says. He's the one who claims to have created it. He told us this is how I created it. So Genesis 1, waters above, waters below, a meteorologically closed system uh, enveloped in a water vapor canopy. Uh, and if, if that's true, 
the whole world would would have a tropical environment. It would be a, a constant. If you're at the equator, the temperature would probably be 85 degrees. But if you were on the north slope of Alaska, the temperature would be 85 degrees because it's a meteorologically constant system in a, in a closed meteorological system. And so it would be a terrarium, only a really big one by our view. But if you're an omnipotent eternal God, it might that's not no, be yeah, that's no big. big deal. And so here it is. It, it doesn't rain upon the earth. And it says, uh, uh, the Lord God, uh, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the land, but there was a, a no man to till this. And a mist went, was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. You know, in that terrarium, terrarium that we made for my son, it never rained in that thing. Not even one time. But the, it always stayed moist. Moist. The moisture would come up, and the, it was saturated, 100% uh, humidity, and then it would uh, f- kind of uh, fo- you know, form and return back into water uh, and roll down the sides of the, uh, of, of the bottle and water the whole face of the land. And so when you get to Genesis 2, 5, and 6, and scientists ready to mock us and laugh, it's like, wait, wait, wait. If you put that with Genesis 1, 1, 6... You, you expect there to be no rain. It cannot rain. It does not need to rain. And, you know, a terrarium is a perfect environment Absolutely. for plants or, or whatever's in it. And, and one, of the, one of the things that adds on to that, as, as I know you're going to talk about, um, so now, now we have the system, the terrarium, and what does that mean for the growth of plants, the growth of trees. And what does that mean for the age of people? Well, that leads us to the next verse. We get into uh, Genesis um, uh, uh, 5 and 10. It talks about the age of people. And Adam lived uh, 960 years. Come on, man. Quit talking like that. That's what the Bible says. How can someone live? And and, and obviously, I'm, I'm... making fun because I believe the Bible to be 1000% true. And so, uh, when we go, so someone lived to be 900 plus years old, uh, Methuselah, the oldest person to ever live. And he lived to be 968. I think it was 69, I believe 69. And, um, so how do people live this long? And, and, and it's the crux is this. Yeah. It's the foundation is science. Uh, I ask people, what is it causes us to live uh, or, or to die, to age? It, well, it's radiation. Where does that come from? From the sun. Do you ever see a fish with a sunburn? <laughs> well, there's a reason for that. Uh, the same reason they don't have sunburns. If you and I want to get a suntan or sunburn, in, in my case, uh, being a fair-skinned Hungarian dude, you know, the sun doesn't turn me brown. It turns me red. Yeah, you turn pink. <laughs> and uh, if you want to get the most sun possible, go to the water because you're getting the direct rays from the sun plus you're getting reflection. The reflection. Yeah. yeah. And that ref- and you, yeah. you get pretty much double the radiation uh, uh, that causes the, the tanning thing. And just so you know, if you find a fish that has a tan, you can't stand to get too close to it. <laughs> 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 Johnny, quit messing with my brain, man. <laughs> and so, you, if you have a planet, a t- giant terrarium with a water vapor canopy enveloping it, and the sun is sending the radiation, which we can't live without the sun. Right. But God made it perfect yeah. in the original uh, creation. Well, well, well. If you have the terrarium, you have this water canopy. You have the sun above the water. It's letting the light through, but it's not letting the radiation through. It reflects through. it back out in space. That's right. It reflects the radiation back out. So therefore, and by the way, radiation is what kills man. There's no cellular damage. There's nothing right. to damage the cell to break down the DNA. Uh, you have a perfect environment. You have no weather uh, issues. You have no storms. You have uh, no droughts. It's just this perfect environment for plants. You go back. So if that were true. if they, Right. Then it, we go to the fossil record, and the fossil record shows that the plants were huge. The right. insects were huge. Right. Uh, of course, a lot of the animals, uh, the, dinosaurs the dinosaurs, were huge. Right. Well, that in our environment today, that doesn't happen. But it, the, the rocks, the fossils tell us it's true. You know, rocks don't lie, yeah. which is fascinating. I, and, and, and I love, I love that statement, rocks don't lie. Um, the only thing that lies is... 
uh, the man that denies the rocks. Yeah. We all have the same facts. We yeah. all have the same fossils. We all have the same laws of thermodynamics. We have, uh, we all have the same laws, and but there's two completely different right. stories. Right. And what really uh, got me excited back in the day, and that excitement has not wore off, is I was denied access to this information. That yeah, one of the things that that I appreciate that's supposed to be happening and and i think last year they talked about it to pass a law or whatever and i'm not sure where it's at i haven't kept up with it is uh they said listen okay if we're going to be fair and honest about this if we're going to teach evolution in the schools and we need to teach creation in the schools just so that uh, people have both sides and they can make an intelligent decision or make you know where they can look at it and weigh it out and go hey wait a minute for some reason i mean obviously we know the reason but for some reason uh everybody thinks that this that this teaching is corrupt and it's evil and it shouldn't be taught to people when when in reality if you look at evolution compared to what you're laying out here uh evolution talk about faith yeah, in the beginning, nothing yeah. became <laughs> everything, but everything was dead. But bolts of lightning hit the necessary amino acids in the warm tidal pools, and life spontaneously generated into life. And it swam through the shallow water, grew a tail, swam to the shore. <laughs> Let me tell a story here, Johnny. You know where I'm going with this. And it goes through this shallow water, and it grows legs, and it hops up onto the shore, and a tail falls off. It, it hops up to a tree, it climbs a tree, and it grows some feathers. And it flew around, it flew back to the tree, but the feathers fell out. But it grew another tail, and it swung upside down, but it swung too hard, and the tail broke, and it fell to the ground. And he stood up on his hind legs, and he went down to State University of Albany in New York (laughs) and got a job teaching biology. That takes a lot of faith to believe that, Johnny. I don't have that much faith. Well, wait a minute. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just have fun. We are on the winning team, bro. Right, right. So, but, uh, and then here's the kicker to everything you just said. That was prehistoric, which means, now think about this for a minute. Prehistoric literally means before history. So all that happened before anybody was around to record that it happened, but somehow we got the record of how it happened. I think you described the story of how it happened because the fossil record doesn't bear that out at all. It doesn't. And, well, well uh, none of the facts bear that out at all. There's, I mean, and then here's another thing that I find amazing about, about what you just shared. Uh, the, the story is, uh, or theory, cause it's just a theory that has zero grounds for proof. And I know it's arguable for everyone, but what I find really, really intriguing is that if you go back and you look at all these pictures, it gives us pictures of all this stuff that happened, like you just explained it, right? But they're all drawings because we ha- we don't have not one actual real piece of evidence to prove what you just said, but we got a whole bunch of drawings in, in science books and history books that say that that's what happened. We have... I feel like I feel like we've been duped on the Absolutely. on the yeah lied to duped the biggest level that for, you can go forbidden access to this information right. you know you what you just and, spoke, and why is it forbidden I think we have a spiritual enemy who uh, silences people it would make you sense a uh, 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 book burner a uh, uh, Bible burner uh, to. In the name of separation of church and state, they've separated a lot of science out of uh, the science classes. You know, you made uh, you're making mention of of the drawings of how you know from the, from monkey to you know to ape to ultimately to man, uh, and we have the drawings of that. That's but all we have. It's not in the fossil record. Could I stop there for a moment on on the on the fossils? Yeah, you see. Um, when, when people die or animals or plants die, uh, most of the time we just deteriorate. Uh, if it, uh, any, anything that's living that dies deteriorates and it doesn't fossilize for something to be fossilized. It must be sealed from oxygen or instantly, suddenly and see the fly. Yeah, suddenly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The very, uh, well, I guess it's the same thing. Um, 
Well, you know, an instant's faster than a jiffy, according to these guys that change oil. <laughs> <laughs> but you, we live in a world that is filled with fossils. Yeah. And yet, you know, I've had little chipmunks die in my property over the years, little animals and insects, and none of them are fossilized. Thousands and thousands die and are millions, billions are die and are not fossilized. Why do we live in a world where, that is filled with fossils? Mm. Well, just how a fossil is made it that little minnow swimming underneath the uh the edge of the creek and the um the creek uh wears out uh under uh, kind of a yeah it washes out underneath yeah and then the soil on top falls upon it now that little minnow has been sealed from oxygen and it will fossilize over a period of time and it's not so much how much time it takes. It has time, but even the greater uh, factor is pressure. There would not be a lot of pressure right. uh, on, on that. But it, was, it will fossilize if it's sealed from oxygen, like a little insect uh, in an amber of a, a pine tree. If it's sealed in the, uh, in the pine tar, uh, it's, it, it will fossilize uh, fairly quickly, actually. So we have a world filled with fossils. And, the, and there's no uh, scientific uh, explanation in the evolutionary theory to accompany right. a, 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 a or to, to allow for the massive amount of fossilization. And I also want to take us back to what was fossilized. Uh, the story goes, you know, went from, ape, you know, from monkey to ape to man, and they tried to find the, uh, the in-betweenies, you know, right. the, yeah, the yeah, missing yeah. link. I call them tweeners, you know. Right. I, the, the real <laughs> the term tweeners. is the transitional creatures. You know, if you look at the anatomy of a fish, you look at the anatomy of an amphibian like a, a salamander, uh, they both have a vertebrae, they both have a little tail, they both have a head, a skeleton, uh, a skull. And uh, the front legs of the salamander and the pectoral fins of the fish, or the hind legs of the salamander and the and the and the anal fins of, of the fish. And the story is that we have uh, the front legs evolved into, or the front fins, fins yeah. evolved into the front legs and the hind to the hind legs. Um, so. That and they, they show it's called comparative anatomy. It kind of looks the same, but the only real difference is there is skeletal tissue between the legs and the vertebrae because they walk on the legs, the, the amphibian. The fish doesn't walk, has an air bladder, goes up and down in the water because of, of, of pressure and right. air pressure. And so there's no skeletal tissue, but they look kind of similar, you know, common creator, common, common image. So uh, just wrap this little part up. You have. We go to the fossil record, and we can find 50 billion fish, distinct fish, right. and we can find 50 billion distinct amphibians, but not even one of anything in between. In between. No tweeners. No tweeners. Where did all the tweeners go? I have some ideas. Uh the tweeners all swam too fast. They got away. And they never got fossilized. Maybe that's how they did it. They were just fast suckers, the tweeners. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Or maybe this. The tweeners are fast suckers. <laughs> Sorry. Fast swimmers, I should have said. Fast swimmers. They got away. How about this? The, the, the creationist, the biblical fundamentalist. We found them all, and we've hidden them, and we've robbed the scientific community. We've got them all in our basement. Right? That's another. There's another. You okay, Johnny? You invited me. It's your fault. You should know better. Once you recover, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to wait for you to recover. How about the other? How about this as a possibility? There are none because there were none. Were none. Now they don't just need one; they need, I would say, maybe equal amount, and they don't have one. So what do they do? They fake it. They make them up. They pretend. Piltdown man, Pithecanthropus africanus, man-made. Yeah. They took a skull and filed it down and. And put it into the science community to prove their point. It was all a yeah. hoax. Yeah, they, they what all the, the that's the crazy thing about all the findings that they found is either pigs, skulls that they found. I mean, they they've created man made. Yeah, yeah. uh, they they took what was real that they really found, but then they created it and labeled it to fit their ideology. And it's in time. It turns out they find the phylum marks, and it was all it was all right. a hoax. But right. 
for 50 years following, they use it in the science class. Oh, and it immediately goes schools. into books. Yeah, yeah, yeah immediately yeah. it goes and into it books. And it stays in the books. Right. And a, a generation of young people yeah, were even, taught. Even after they prove that it's fake, they, they leave it in. They keep printing it. Yeah, they leave it in. As the original story. Because it fits the narrative. Facts have nothing to do with uh, the narrative on that side. But I, I love that little phrase, rocks don't lie. But there's two totally different stories. And I, I used to hold to the other position before I studied this out. Got one more verse here. Yeah, go with it, it man. Don't, don't let me interrupt you. <laughs> I get on a roll here, these, Johnny. These, these, these tweeners are fast suckers. We don't want to stop. That's deep theology. <laughs> we have Genesis 1-6, waters above, giant universal global terrarium. It doesn't rain. It doesn't need to rain. It can't rain. We have uh, the fossil record showing exactly what we would expect to find, giant plants. And then we have um, the, the, the massive amount of fossils, which the reason for that, we, have, oh, we mentioned the age, the uh, long, longevity of people. There was nothing to cause people to age. The radiation wasn't getting through. And so if men lived 60, 70, 80 years then, like we do now, we'd have a scientific problem. Well, and, and they would look uh, uh, when they were 60 years old, they would still look 20 because there was nothing there to was bring not, the wrinkles. Nothing to cause the aging. I yeah. think Adam at 900 probably looked better than I do at uh, 66. So well, brother, I just, I, I'm going to let you, you open a door that I'm actually going to leave alone. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that makes once. <laughs> once in 20 in 15 years, Johnny. Okay, I feel so good about that. Um, we get to Genesis 7, uh, 11, and we have the universal flood, Genesis 6, 7, 8. And, you, and I think a great question that needs to be asked is, where did all the water come from? You know the verse. You oh, yeah. Uh, no, you can go with it. But, but here's the thing is when, when you actually understand the canopy, and then you also understand we, we still have water on the earth because the, the lakes and the rivers, the oceans, they're all still full. Now you have the canopy. It, they're going to meet one another. And Genesis seven eleven is the verse that tells us geologically ge or meteorologically How or hydrology, hydrologically exactly what God did. Yeah. It says the fountains of, of the great deep that would be subterranean water were broken up and the windows of heaven were, were opened opened yeah and uh the canopy came down that was uh what we would call a catastrophe in a meteorological sense or in a global geological sense everything changed on the planet uh, those windows of heaven were opened. If you were at the equator, now the world is no longer a closed meteorological system. Right. Now it is an open system. And prior to that, there were no seasons. Every day was pretty much the same. There wasn't summer, winter, spring, and fall. And the Bible talks about after this, the seasons begin to uh, unfold. Well, a after that, the seasons begin to unfold. Ages start decreasing. Immediately. First In generation went from 900 Almost half. It's cut in half. It's 400. And then the next generation to 200, and the next generation to 70 and 80. Yeah. And if yeah. I, uh, as, I, as a matter of fact, it's like 900, 400, 400 plus, and then like 175. You don't, I don't think I've read anywhere where they were 200 years old. I think 175 was the limit. 175, yeah. It, it almost went instantly to 175. And then two generations, it's down to what it is today, and it's remained constant. But see, that was the yeah, result. Because if you, uh, a generation of 70, if you're blessed, you live to be 80, according to the scriptures. Yeah. So we see it as soon as that canopy was released and we were exposed to the sun, immediately everything Boom. drops. Everything. Science. You're just dragging science into the story here. Well, well how can you bring science and the Bible together? Hmm, let's see. Yeah. Let's, so with the flood... We have an open system. I, I love this. When they were building the Alaskan pipeline, they found this hairy mammoth flash frozen in the ice. They uncovered this thing, and it was it was frozen so suddenly that the flesh was still, as it was unthawing, was still sort of uh, preserved. Right. And uh, they gave the flesh to their Eskimo dogs to eat. And it's like, how could this uh, hairy mammoth just be flash frozen? Uh, in the ice. Well, when that canopy came down, those windows of heaven were opened. Uh, 
and you're a hairy mammoth standing on the north shore, shore, north shore of Alaska, uh, and you have your the cud was still in its mouth. It was still chewing its cud and in its esophagus and in, in the upper chamber of its stomach. It was flash. Fr- it was just like it was frozen. Well, that's exactly what you would expect to happen scientifically, right? Right. Meteorologically, if because the temperature is not going to just gradually go from eighty-five to eighty-one to right, seventy-nine, right. it's going to go from eighty-five to minus twenty, like in thirty because, seconds. Well, because the protection's gone. Yeah, it's no longer. It's no. It's no. System, yeah, it's an open system. system now, and so your protection's gone. And and the truth is, how many times? Okay, if you live in New York or Ohio. I will tell you this, the weather can change in the blink of an eye. And how many times have you driven and say you leave Plattsburgh or whatever, and it's middle afternoon and you drive and within an hour, you're watching your temperature drop 20 degrees, Yeah, 25 degrees. Literally, it, it just, you're going, wow, man, there's a cold front coming in quick. Now think about this on a massive global level where now, you know, there's no longer protection from this canopy and in an instant everything goes the way it is today in an, in, in an instant instant and so the geologists were finding this in in this uh art uh, wasn't really an archaeological it was a uh, you know the alaskan pipeline they they found this and are trying to fit it, it doesn't fit into their narrative so, so they now they're struggling with it, it away. yeah yeah but that's a rock that's a fossil it doesn't lie to us but it completely affirms genesis uh one yeah. six waters above uh genesis uh two five and six well and, and seven eleven and the fact that uh now we have uncovered we were just talking about this i think in the uh, two podcasts ago or whatever it was um where they found this 400 million year old uh hammer in the rock with a handle in it yeah, about a wooden a wooden handle. Three hundred fifty million years before man appeared on the earth, so those giant those those uh, dinosaurs yeah. were really good toolmakers. Yeah, they're they? like they're they're they were Barney. <laughs> I love you. you know? <laughs> Come on, man. So he had yeah. They were Barney, and Barney's got this hammer. Creates his little set to bring children on to teach them. <laughs> you love me. I love the you. windows of heaven were opened. Fountains of great we're deep were broken. Uh, come on, man. <laughs> I love the tic tac paddy whack. Give a dog a <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Okay, here we go. The fountains of the great deep were broken up. This is where we come into the geology of, of what's called the Pangea. And uh, here's where the evolutionists, and, and I would agree with them, there was one, I think the geology is there, one major landmass. Uh, and uh, when the fountains of the great deep were broken up, uh, the landmass was broken up, and uh, the continents began. You know, North and South. America oh yeah, that's when you had together. the divide, and and then uh, Europe and Asia were breaking off, and Australia's breaking off. The fountains of the great deep were broken up. Now, the, in their view, their their uh, story. Uh, it was a, a gradual thing, the continental okay. drift. But yeah, you look at the east coast of North and South America and the and the west coast of Europe and Africa. It just you kind of bring it together, and it's like kind of fits. It know? does. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you bring all that together, it literally is a, is a puzzle that's been separated by water. And if you were to take all the water and let the water go down and the land come back together, it would fit perfectly perfectly together so that explains when the scriptures say that the water came up and the water came down when the water came up it it pushed things apart you can't have that pressure without something releasing and And there it is there it is it's in the it's in uh give me the verses again Uh, genesis 7 11 the the windows of heaven were open and the fountains of the great deep were broken up we have the 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 pangea breaking up we have the continental drift now their story it happened very gradually but in in the biblical story it happened very suddenly Suddenly, and it went it went quickly and uh you know we can tell from the geology uh, of of the planet that the land mass in prior to this catastrophe was a greater landmass and a lower water uh, ocean level but we know ocean levels up you know like the lost city atlantis you right. know well it's not lost anymore <laughs> they found it yeah and it's below uh, sea level a lot of a lot of uh, cities that once were 
uh, are now uh, cities that were are now subterranean. So the fossil record shows us that uh, you know uh, that the land mass was greater, the water mass. So that explains not only where did the water come from, but where did the water go to. And there's a lot more science on geology on that, but well, in in Jonah, excuse me, in Jonah chapter uh, two verse six, uh, it's clear uh, that there is land under the water, mountains. It's yeah, mountains. Yeah, it, and and it says, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me, uh, and and he goes and he goes on to talk about it. Jonah two six. How did he know there were mountains underneath the ocean? <laughs> 20, well, 3,000 years ago. Yeah, just about 2,800. 2,800. years ago. Yeah. He, he knew about that. Yeah. Now, maybe, think, it, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was God. Well, and maybe, just maybe, the, the event of the fish swallowing Jonah took him to the depths. He actually maybe saw him. Saw them? Because he calls it out that it's there, and today we have proof uh, that it's there. And that was um, uh, in 2014. Uh, I think it was 2014. Uh, there were a number of new uh, news reports that scientists claim there are mountains under the sea. The sea. You know, this... this holy book the the holy bible uh as i launched into it as a young man kind of critical thinking approached it the, the rational side of it uh, I, I wanted my faith to have a resting place i wanted my faith not to just be mystical and you know i didn't just want to hold hands and you know and, and sing kumbaya and have somebody say well now how do you feel you yeah know, well I, dude when you were when you were smoked up you really did want all that <laughs> yeah i did like holding hands with pretty <laughs> girls and singing kumbaya i sing anything and i did catch a buzz from that that's true but uh the buzz always came back down to bad reality right yeah uh, always and comes back to bad reality i just wanted answers to my questions and this book answers it man and I saw those verses that the scientists that called themselves uh, rational, they were mocking it. And yeah. yet when you take those verses out of the script, first page of the Bible, we have the whole model uh, laid out yeah. scientifically, hydrology, ge uh, geologically, and then just four verses from Genesis just lay the whole... Uh, geological history of of the right. world out for us and then you fast forward to our day you know i'm driving here down 146 and i there's a cutout for the road uh because it was a hill and they didn't want you to have to drive up the hill and down the hill so you know just kind of cut it out what do i see on either side layers right. of rock like down by water filled with dead things so everywhere you go the planet is full of the evidence of the flood yeah you want to see something uh that shows that just local if you're in new york in the albany area uh, just drive down 90 west, and when you start getting toward Amsterdam and those areas and the exits where they've carved it out. Oh, man, yeah. It's just layers and layers and layers and layers and layers because they've cut it all out. So you, you, can, you, can, you can see it. You can see it just as clear yeah. as day. Or look at pictures of the Grand Canyon yeah. layers and, I mean, different color layers. And did you study it? Did you notice on top of the Grand Canyon, the upper crust? The north, <laughs> northern rim? Well, I've, been on, I've only been on the southern rim, but I've been told this. And so when I went there, I looked for it. Fossils, ocean fossils, seashells on the, on the, on the rim uh, uh, of the Grand Canyon, which shows us, <laughs> and I thought maybe I could find one. Well, I didn't. I found a hundred of them, and it took me about fifteen seconds. It doesn't take long. It's just covered with a marine yeah. fossils right. all over the. So uh, here's the, the question: the surface. How did it get there? When we're talking, uh, um, the Grand Canyon is in the middle of the state, hours from any ocean. ocean. Here's Hours. Why. Let me explain it the way I see it. Okay, here we go. We know from the fossil record that what is the top of the Grand Canyon was seabed. And it wasn't seabed and below, but when the fountains of the Great Deep were broken up, massive amounts of water were pressing down certain softer layers of, of, of soil and, and rock and raising up others. And we have this massive plateau 
in the southwest, which is several thousand feet above sea level, the uh, as, as other areas were being depressed, it was raised up. And as it's being raised up, the seabed, uh, this massive amount of water, that uh, the book of Genesis says the water's assuaged, mm-hmm. is the word, as is, is they mm-hmm. abated, and that water's got to go somewhere. Well, gravity takes it down. So all this massive amounts of water, I mean, uh, you know, the, the Pacific Ocean runs through here. And it wears away what we call the Grand Canyon. And we think, you know, their story would be it took thousands, millions of Million, years. Millions of years. Millions of years to form. And according to the biblical story, I think it happened very suddenly, just a matter of weeks. And, and, uh, and people say, well, you can't change the landscape in a matter of days or weeks. Um, how about when these volcanoes erupt? Yeah. And they change the landscape in a matter of hours. hours. Yeah. Massive change. Massive change. So the evolutionary model is gradualism in the biblical model is catastrophism. And the evidence of the catastrophe of the flood are everywhere. Everywhere. Everything you find fits into our story. Uh, people say, well, they're uh, dinosaurs on, on the ark. Absolutely. But I think uh, uh, Noah was uh, smart enough to get a little dinosaur. Yeah, and I, I think everything was in its baby, uh, a baby or child form. Yeah, if yeah. You will. Uh, a brontosaurus just hatched is about the size of a of a small poodle. Right, right. A baby brontosaurus would weigh maybe. Uh, but uh, but three even to five if it, even if it was a German Shepherd, you're still talking. Yeah. Because we don't we don't like to reference poodles as dogs. Yeah. So. yeah sorry about that. Yeah. It's. Uh, <laughs> We better not go down that journey. It's not a real dog. Um, uh, but but and, and how about this? When we talk about time, and and people say, well, well, the Bible is is thousands or millions of years old. But if you read in the beginning, chapter one, God created the heavens and the earth, right in the beginning, and then each day He creates, adds more to it. If you Pay attention to the order of the creation. It is in the order that it has to be for things to survive as they come. Yeah, you have to create a, an environment for things to to eat. live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so pay attention to it. He divides the water from the land. Uh, was that, that's day one? What was no day one's Let there be light. And 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 check this out. Now, this is where people will get. Um, uh, and this might be for the next one. If it is, you just tell me, hush, and we'll roll into the next one. Um, Time is of essence. Yeah, yeah. So he says, uh, he separates, uh, uh, he says, let there be light, and there was light, and he separates light from the darkness. Um, listen, guys, we didn't get the sun and the moon and the stars until day four. But we had daylight on day one. So guess what? When it is daylight, it is light because God created light. The sun is not, it's the, it is the brighter light of the day, but it is not daylight. And people have a hard time with that. And, and, and I tell them, I go, wait a minute. If you believe the biblical record, you will see daylight is before. And, and by the way, at the end of each day, he called it morning and evening. The first day, morning, evening, second day, 24 hour, 24 hour time period, right? Because it's morning and evening as we know it, it wouldn't be anything different. And he said it was good. After every day that he created what he created, he said it's good. So daylight is daylight, sunlight is sunlight. Sun, moon, stars has a purpose. The purpose was for direction and seasons. He makes it very clear in the scriptures. So when you look at that, you see complete, total order. Well, guess what? We know the sun rises in the east, sets in the west every day. The universe screams order. Order. And the Big Bang Theory uh, uh, screams disorder by its very nature. Explosions destroy. They don't create. Explosion. They, no, that's not true. Uh, explosions create, they just create uh, incredible mess. <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> Chaos, right. Yeah. Um, so so and, and there's never been an explosion that has not created chaos. Yeah. And so when we look at this, God says, I made it to fit. And here's what's 
crazy interesting. You look at the layout. So everything that you talked about, and then you look at the layout of creation, it is in the exact order that we need to survive. And how crazy is it that we can't breathe if there weren't plants on the land first? The perfect balance of photosynthesis and oxygen, CO2 uh, uh, clarification, CO2 uh, balance in the earth. And, you know, time and chance is this their story time and chance so, did all this for from a me, big from an explosion order comes from chaos that takes a lot of faith that, to believe that okay so and for me i agree with exactly it takes so much faith to believe that something comes from nothing but here's the crazy thing we have nothing which you shared the story in the beginning we have nothing but where did, if there's, if something comes from nothing and there's nothing, where did the water come from? Where did the lightning come from? Where did anything come from of anything that yeah. comes from nothing? And then they teach the science and you can research it. Uh, it is a science of nothing. And they show how nothing is not really nothing, that there's always something because you can't say nothing because there is always something. <laughs> Here you go, Johnny. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Sorry, man. Just, <laughs> just show me the scriptures and leave me alone, John. <laughs> but I mean, but when you look at yeah, all of yeah. that, it's, it takes a tremendous amount of faith to believe that. And and I believed it Yeah, because I didn't really care about science. I just cared about that cute girl over there. Or, <laughs> or, or you, you really, dude, you, you weren't totally there. So you could believe stories. Too, you know, <laughs> just want to get the gray, get out and go play baseball. Okay, brother, uh, any more that you want to share? We better call it a day. We're getting tired now. The uh, silly I just, level gets I don't high. even know why I'm finding this hysterical today. I think I find it hysterical because, well, you're, you're a funny guy. All right. Uh, shucks. So um, uh, there's a few other things I want to throw in there real, yeah. real quick, and we're going to cap it off. Biblical evidences. Biblical evidences of how we know the Bible is true. So the first one I shared with was the earth is round. That, that clear scripture from 20, 2,000, 2,600 years science ago. Science denied that for many centuries, but the, the Bible was right and science was wrong. Yeah, exactly. How about this? The air has weight. Job, Job 2825, and it says, uh, let, me, let me open this up because I have some reason uh, messed it up. Uh, why does that keep doing that? Well, science, right, here we go. science says that uh, uh, air has, uh, for many centuries, air was weightless. Right. But it turns out what? That it has weight. And, and, and the it, Bible's right. And Job revealed that God imparted weight to the wind and metered out the waters by measure, Job 28, 25. Yep. So all of a sudden in Job 28, 25, we realize that air has weight. And then when science caught up to the Bible, it science. was able to prove it was true. The only problem is... Science doesn't mention the Bible's truth because it doesn't fit the narrative separation of separation of church and state. Dude. We got to separate drag yeah. religion. Into yeah. It. We can't, we can't do that. How about Let this? Me stop there for just a moment. We haven't mentioned religion at all in our conversation. We haven't mentioned Jesus in the Bible and the right. We just taken yeah. the scientific yeah. verses from the scripture and putting it out there. And uh, that which is divine has no yeah. fear of racial inquiry. Proceed. Yeah. <laughs> so we, <laughs> Uh, you're eating too many tomatoes or something. Here we go. <laughs> the blood is the source of life. And we know that. I mean, okay. How about this? George Washington. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's, let's let him bleed out to get all the contaminants and the disease out of him. And then he'll be okay. The problem that they did not know then was that the blood, the life is in the blood. Now we know it. Now we know. They didn't read their Bibles close enough. Right. So how about this for a verse, Leviticus 17, 11, God informed Moses that the life of the flesh is in the blood. blood. And science we know caught that. up. It took a while, but took science a while. caught up. Yeah, science caught up. They just, they should have read the Bible. They would have. All, how about this? In, in modern surgeries, people, they did the surgeries well, but everybody was dying of infection. And they just, I mean, it was like a 90% chance you're going to get infected if they if they did a surgery. And then, and it turns out they were washing their hands wrong. A, do, a Christian doctor said, yeah. you're washing your hands wrong. And the Bible says when you wash your hands, you run it under running water. Run, fresh, run, 
instead of in a basin of water because those germs sit on the on the on the surface. So as soon as they pull their hand out, it just contaminated again. Coated their whole hand with with with. uh, um, It's kind of like it's kind of like having putting oil, uh, having a, a tub of water. And then you put oil on top because oil floats on the water. Yes, it does. And so, so it's like, okay, I'm washing my hands in the water. But as soon as I pull my hands out of the water. They're oiled up again. They're completely coated in oil. And that's what was happening with germs because the germs set on top yep. of it. They wash their hands under in the water. And then when they bring their hands up out of the water, they literally just coat their hands with germs. They go in, they do surgery and wonder why the infection grows so rapid. But a doctor read the Bible and figured it out. It was in the Bible all along. And that's how they knew it needed running water for cleanliness. Hmm, I wonder if the Bible really has something to this. Maybe it's the word of God. Yeah, how about this? Uh, uh, the, the Bible says, and earth confirm, I mean earth, <laughs> science confirms that the earth is held in place by gravitational forces or by nothing in other words it's not sitting on anything it's not supported by anything it's just in, well, i thought atlas was holding it up on his shoulders right i believe that for it no <laughs> <laughs> well how about this job 26 7 uh that says that uh the earth uh, um that god hangs the earth on nothing nothing, nothing. Yeah. 26 7 god hangs the earth on nothing so so now all of a sudden we have uh the earth is suspended by nothing science confirms that life uh uh is in the blood science confirms that mountains are under the sea it it wasn't until the last uh eight ten years uh probably 40 years 40 or 50 years oh no no no, no. absolute confirmation of these these massive mountains hasn't even been that long with submarines we Finally figured out. I don't know what the date is, but we figured it out. So it was right. So here we go. We got we got mountains are under the sea. We we know that. The, of course, the Bible had it almost you know twenty five hundred to three thousand years ago. Fill it in, right? Uh, the air has weight. But you know, uh, a lot of people think that Genesis is the oldest Bible or oldest book in the Bible, but it's not. Job is the yeah. oldest. Yeah, prior to Moses. Yeah, and so I mean, we we just have Genesis. First, because Genesis talks about the beginning, but Job, Job was written before Genesis was, before Moses. Yep. So, th- so we find in Job, the oldest book in the Bible, that air has weight. And then we find out, which I mentioned earlier, Isaiah 42, 20, Job 26, 10, says that the earth is round or the earth is a sphere. So the Bible lists those five crucial things. You beautifully explained the flood, the canopy, the age of things. Uh, guys, just think about it. If you want to look younger, they say stay out of the sun. Yeah. You know, there's the radiation. I know we're going to wrap this thing up for today, but we could do a whole nother lesson just on genetics. We could do another whole lesson on geology. We can do things on the, on the flood, the ark. There's just, just vast amounts. It goes on. And And see, the thing that just overwhelms me is this. Everything we find in the physical world fits with a biblical model. We don't have to be afraid of going on to do another pipeline in Alaska and find something that doesn't fit into our story. Right. Everything fits into our story and nothing fits into their story. And they call their story scientific. And uh, this will be the only one we're allowed to teach in public schools. And that just leads us to the spirit world that we're in. It's a spiritual battle. Uh, God against Satan, truth against error. Uh, uh, So, man, it's a lot of fun to hang out with you, John. Yeah, dude, I I love it. Today, you just struck me funnier than usual, but that's okay. Um, The other thing, too, that I want to point out, is not only that have we minimized the teaching to just evolution, like we're just going to have evolution in school, get Christianity out of school, get okay, okay, so take Christianity out of school, but put put creation in, yeah, let yeah. Him, so leave Jesus both stories, look, leave, leave Jesus, Jesus out outside, yeah, okay, but but teach creation. I mean, that's that's legit, and and this should be red flags for everyone. How about the fact that not only do we leave it out. But scientists and the media and all those ban, mm-hmm. like, like, or, or shame, they'll shame a scientist that talks, that says, hey, look, we found this and it fits the Bible. 
they'll shame them and, and, and hide their reports. One of the greatest Christian experiences I had in ministry was back uh, maybe 20 years ago. Dr. Bernard Vonnegut, who's founder of the SUNY Albany uh, School of Meteorology, it's one of the most renowned uh, meteorological schools in the world. He was considered the world's foremost authority on lightning strikes. He was hired, he was brought on as a young man on the Manhattan Project to work with Einstein on the bomb. His re- his re- responsibility was to protect the nuke the bomb uh, while it was in the air from lightning strikes, and he went on and have a, just a stellar career in, in the sciences. And his son uh, got saved in our church and he had struggled with drugs all his life, uh, prescription drugs uh, from prescribed by a doctor uh, for medical things. And it, it, nonetheless, no matter what the reason is, he was a druggie and he was a wonderful guy, but he was just destroying his life and they tried everything and nothing worked. And the guy met a girl from our church. She shared the gospel with him. He got saved and he was delivered from 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 drugs. And the, and the scientist father, Dr. Bernard, Vonnegut was thrilled. His son is drug free and it didn't cost him anything. He yeah. his church and, <laughs> and his, his adopted grandchildren uh, were going to be in a little place. So Dr. Vonnegut would come to our services and uh, he, he was like the Einstein guy, the weird haircut, just kind of, you know, unkept and everything. A brilliant, brilliant guy. And he started attending our church and I got to take, I go down to his house and every room looked like a laboratory. There were books and shelves, and it was it was amazing. Graphs and lightning strikes on the wall and pictures, and it was it was amazing. It's a little cot that he slept on, and his kitchen was unkept. It was pretty <laughs> sad. And um, I shared with him these four verses in Genesis, and this guy was so stinking brilliant. He just, well, that would create a meteorologically closed system. That explains this. That explains that. Oh, my goodness. You have another verse? And we just walked him through those four Isn't verses, and amazing? he figured it all out, man. And he goes... The Bible's the word of God. And and the Bible says God loves me. I want God in the, on the throne of my heart. And he received Christ as his savior. He, he came down with cancer. He lived to be almost 80 and he came down with cancer. And uh, a lot of people in the scientific community were coming to fair, give their farewell you know, words to him. Yeah, he, he was respected. He was a renowned man. Even today, lots of people, his, his work is still foundational in the sciences. And he came to know Jesus and he said, he said, I gave my whole life to, to turn over every stone to see what made things tick. And he said, you've given your whole life to find out who makes things tick. And he said, if I had to do over again, I'd choose what you chose. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that cool? Ah, dude, we're going to close on that because Jesus doesn't get any better. Amen. I will tell you this, brother. It is always a joy and a pleasure. God bless you. Thank you for joining me on According to John. I am your host, John Westfall. My guest, Pastor Duke Herget. It's always a joy, always a pleasure. I hope you've learned something, and I hope that uh, you will investigate this yourself. You won't just take our word for it or someone else's word for it, but you will legitimately go back and look and look at evolution, look at creation, and see which one If you are open-minded and honest, which one connects the dots? God bless you. I hope you like, share, subscribe, and tell someone to listen to this, and hopefully it'll help them. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.